Hi everyone, welcome to Let's Chat Careers Advice. I'm Charlotte Lever and I'm joined by my co-host, Scott Keyes. We both work in recruitment at PwC and we're here to chat to you about all things careers. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the importance of role models in the workplace to create an inclusive environment that everyone can thrive. And to help provide us with some great advice on this, we're extremely lucky to be joined by our colleague, Charles Samuel, from our digital audit practice. Charles joined the firm back in 2002, so that's, what, 20 years ago, and has worked both across UK and Nigeria territories. In January this year, Charles became a partner at the firm. Charles, it's great to have you here. It's great to be here, Scott. Thanks for having me. So, Charles, I'm sure you're an avid fan of our podcasts, um, so you'll probably know the first question that I'm going to put to you is, we all have our human moments from time to time. We've had some real good stories over the past. So, yeah, if you could share your most human moment uh, with us, please. So I remember an experience uh, in my first year as an associate in PwC Nigeria. Um, I've been in the firm for about six months or thereabouts. Um, I, I was working from home over the weekend. Uh, my fiance stopped by and in my excitement, I closed uh, my laptop and left it on the sofa. Uh, and we went to grab something to eat. And whilst we were out, um, someone had put a couple of shirts on the same sofa uh, covering off my laptop. Uh, when we got back, I jumped on the sofa as you do uh, and heard the sound of something being broken. Uh, well, what do you know? It was my shiny new laptop that the firm had given me when I joined. Um, I'd completely destroyed the screen. Uh, and I'm, obviously, I was very distraught. I mean, what would this mean? I mean, do I still have a job by the time I tell the firm that I just broke in the laptop that I was meant to be using for work? Um, I had to have a meeting with the industry leader um, who carefully, you know, spelled out for me how I have the responsibility of taking care of firm property. Um, and as punishment, I had to use an external monitor for two months before I got a new laptop. Uh, I'm happy to say that. Um, Ever since then, I've impeccably taken care of every firm asset that's been given to me. Brilliant. And it, even, even it's even harder when there's three little people running around the house as well, right? With the past couple of years working remotely, we all have to be extra careful with our devices. I, I know I, for one, make sure mine's tucked away at the end of the day because I know there'll be little fingers running all over it. <laughs> So Charles, we're here today to talk about the importance of role models in the workplace. And I know you've been told that you're an incredible role model. And as Scott said, um, you've recently become the first black partner in digital audit, as well as being at the firm for a massive 20 years. Just uh, can we start by hearing about your career journey so far? Thanks, Charlotte. Well, I joined, I joined the firm in 2002 uh, as a graduate in Lagos, um, in Lagos, in Nigeria. Uh, this month actually makes it 20 years uh, since I joined. Um, I joined the other practice, uh, although I moved uh, to our global risk management solutions team, which is now called RISC, um, within nine months of joining. Um, I studied computer science in university, and so I felt it was a natural fit and focused on sort of technology projects. Um, I did leave the firm after just two years uh, to join MTN, uh, which is now the biggest telecommunications company in Africa. Uh, at the time, it wasn't. Um, even though I knew I wanted to build a career within the firm, I, I still wanted to uh, go out and get some industry experience. Um, I rejoined the firm in 2005 in the UK, um, and, and obviously I was based in Nigeria then, so I actually had to come to the UK for an interview uh, in order to get the role. Uh, but, but, but at the time, I was based in the southeast uh, in our risk assurance business. 
Uh, my focus continued to be technology, uh, primarily SAP um, and Oracle. Uh, and I spent roughly 50% of my time focused on supporting uh, our audits. Um, I then moved to our London tier business in 2011, primarily because I wanted to work on telecommunication clients, uh, for which I didn't get the opportunity to do any when I was in the Southeast. Uh, and then followed a fantastic few years when I traveled to about 34 different countries with, with the firm. Uh, and I worked on a few iconic telecom clients, uh, became group leader, and also actually became a director in 2017. Amazing. What, what's the highlight in terms of the country you've been to? Ooh, there's been there's been quite a few. It's difficult to name uh, one because I mean, if I maybe I, if I tell you, you probably understand what I mean. I've been to Monaco, I've been to the Bahamas, I've been to Panama. Uh, I mean, when we've been to those kind of places, it's very difficult to uh, to choose one. Amazing, warm climates as well, which is a good thing. Indeed. And um, it sounds like you've gone through the ranks really quickly, and you had a massive milestone. I think this year, in that you became a partner at the firm. So go on, tell us what that was like. I was I was incredibly delighted, uh, obviously uh, ecstatic, overjoyed. Um, I mean, it's it, it was a dream uh, for me when I joined the firm. I've always wanted to make partner within the firm, and so. To have it happen uh, was just something that was special, uh, really special. Um, I mean, I come from a working class background, right? So my parents uh, didn't go to uni. My dad did eventually go to uni, but he didn't do that until he was in his mid forties. So, so, so actually, it's a, it's something that typically uh, it's very difficult to make happen for someone from my background, um, and that's certainly the, the thinking that my parents had. And so when I told them. Uh, about being promoted to partner, I mean, clearly it was, I mean, they were clearly overjoyed and it was quite emotional actually uh, seeing seeing that reaction. Amazing. That's Congratulations from Scott and I as well. <laughs> Massive achievement. Mm. Lovely to hear the reaction of your parents as well. It's funny, isn't it? All through our years, we still want to make our parents proud of what we're achieving. And I, I'm sure on that day you absolutely did. So thanks for sharing that and well done again. Yeah, that's an amazing story. Um, so PwC, um, the 2020 Inclusion and Diversity Report states that the firm is committed to doubling the number of black partners over the next five years, as well as increasing the proportion of black students hired from 3% to 6%. Now, in your opinion, Charles, what are some of the challenges facing young black students and experienced professionals applying for roles? And how do you think we can overcome some of these challenges? Thanks, Scott. So, so listen, I, I do a lot of mentoring uh, of young people inside and outside of the firm, uh, primarily ethnic minorities. And so actually I see and hear firsthand uh, the challenges that many of them are facing. Uh, I think I'll probably try and highlight a couple of, a couple of them in, in the time that we have. Uh, firstly, I think the socioeconomic background uh, that many of my black mentees come from uh, is a big barrier. Many of them see it as a big barrier um, for them. So, for example, uh, one of my mentees is from a single parent family uh, and has two younger siblings. Um, now, alongside sitting for his A-levels, uh, he has to work to support his mom uh, in paying the bills. Now, now, I don't mean a few hours, you know, two or three days a week. Actually, I mean four to five hours every day and full time, sometimes on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, the repercussion of this uh, clearly is that he's always in survival mode, right? kind of thinking about the next thing. Uh, and the danger, of course, is that, you know, it slips into this form of thinking perpetually. And we're always thinking in survival mode. 
Um, now, if that happens, the last thing on, on his mind, uh, on the mind of someone like that, is applying to a place like PwC at any point. That just doesn't feature in the thinking because it, it's about getting to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And the implication of that, of course, is that you know people like this mentee of mine uh, fall into a talent pool that we never get access to. So that that in itself is a is a challenge. Uh, the second thing I'll probably highlight is that you know many of many of my mentees, you know, young black black uh, kids, they don't actually think like organizations like ours are for them, right? Because uh, they don't see people like them featured in our publications and our job adverts. And so because of that, they don't think about applying. Or even when they do, uh, they do it half-heartedly because someone like me is, you know, on their, on their neck, you know, saying they must apply. And so they are actually expecting to hear disappointing news somewhere along the way. Uh, or you tried, but you didn't get it, you know, and things like that. When I share my story, uh, for instance, I've heard comments somewhere along the line of, you know, but you're an exception. Um, and I try very much to disabuse their minds um, about this. Uh, for some of them, of course, what's informing this uh, is a function of some of the stories they've heard from other people. So from an uncle, from an auntie, uh, you know, from a friend, a neighbor. Uh, and, and so that's helping, that's helped shaped you know, their narrative and, and the way they're thinking. I heard some of those stories actually myself over the last 10 years in various forms. And I've had to shut my ears uh, to some of them, you know, which I'll, I'll admit uh, is sometimes very hard to do. Uh, I mean, one of the questions you asked uh, or the, the other question you asked was, what is the solution to this? I mean, mm -hmm. like all, like every complex issue, I, th I don't think there is a simple solution or an easy solution. Uh, but what we are doing as a firm, though, I've got to highlight uh, around social mobility is amazing, right? And, and I think it will help address, you know, many of these issues. You know, uh, what we're doing actually will open up our talent pipeline and make it easier for people like my mentee, for instance, that I mentioned earlier, to aspire to join a firm like ours. Uh, for example, in digital audit, you know, one of the things I'm leading uh, is a project called Make a Difference. Uh, where, as a business unit, we've actually partnered with the Aris Federation, uh, which run a number of Aris, you know, academic schools uh, in London and the Southeast, uh, working with them to help raise the aspiration of many of their students. And many of their students are actually from ethnic minority backgrounds uh, and, 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 and socioeconomically you know, actually would benefit from some of the social mobility initiatives that we run as a firm. Uh, a huge part of what we do is helping them realize that they can apply to and succeed at an organization like ours. No, absolutely. And I think the, the point you mentioned earlier where, you know, these young people, they, they turn around and say to you that you're an exception. I think it's twofold. Um, the, the individual themselves, again, need to believe that they want to be or they can get to where they want to be and put themselves forward for that. And that comes with a lot, you know, confidence and mentoring what you're doing at the moment, which is great. Um, but the second part for me is what are corp corporations or enterprises doing to promote the, you know, the awareness, you know, because you, you do think at the the big four or big enterprises, you, you, you do have a stereotypical belief in your mind of what that ideal person looks like. It's not until you get under the cracks, you can actually see that it's a very, very diverse culture. So, and let's say PwC, we do support many different programs. It's great that you're um, helping the Harris Foundation. Um, I've been lucky enough to, to help out with UK Black Tech, um, which is a great program that PwC supports. So anyone that is interested to, to find out more about that, uh, visit their website at ukblacktech.com. But um, yeah, it's 
it's, it's forever evolving. It's not going to happen overnight, as we know. It's just creating that picture. I keep banging the drum to the market about, you know, we're, we're, we're a very diverse company. Um, and if you can add value and bring something different to the table, that is what companies should be adopting. Because um, I think you'll get a, a far better um, workforce with, with, with individuals like that. So, Charles, I think um, I already know that you're a fantastic role model and a fantastic um, mentor to some of these guys, because you can already hear you talking about the guy that you are a mentor to and how much you know about him and about his life. So I can already tell you've got some really great qualities. What what do you see as a really important quality to be a mentor to someone? Uh, I mean, so so for me, for me personally, uh, Charlotte, I, I think uh, there's probably you know, three things I will highlight uh, that are that are really important uh, to be in a role model. There's certainly the things that I look out for uh, when I'm choosing who my role models are, and I think um, uh, they're quite important. I think number one, I think a clear set of values, right? You know, so uh, principles that you live by and represent sort of guide rails for your life. Uh, for me personally, uh, this is you know integrity, fairness, and authenticity, right? Uh, and obviously, we can talk about each one of those in different ways. But I'll probably just take authenticity as an example, uh, and that's perhaps you know uh, uh, Scott was highlighting that earlier in terms of you know being able to be oneself. I, I think personally, it's important to be yourself, right? Uh, I spent a huge part of my early life in the UK, um, you know, not really being authentic, uh, particularly in the workplace. You know, um, because I had this thing in my head that there's a way that the firm expects me to be. There's a way that people expect me to be as a professional. Right. And so as much as possible, I want to make sure that I very much conform to that. Um, and actually, it, that was a false narrative because there actually isn't. And no one is actually looking for that. But but that didn't stop me thinking in that way and acting in that way. Um, uh, it took me a while for me to work out that trying to be someone else uh, actually resulted in me expending a huge amount of the cognitive resources I could be using to make my interaction a lot more meaningful. And so actually, when I then I'm interacting with people, it's not quite, you know, at the level that it should be, right? It's not quite as powerful uh, as it should be. I think you're more at your best when you are yourself. Uh, and so the aim should be to be the best version of yourself and to bring that to every interaction. And, and I certainly found a massive difference uh, when I started to kind of authentically be myself in terms of how my performance uh, escalated. So so I definitely think a clear set of values, um, a commitment to making a difference for other people, I think is quite important. Um, I am personally passionate about making a difference for others. Uh, and that's driven by you know some of the experiences I've had and how people have made a massive difference in my life from even when I was when I was growing up. Uh, so I, I mean I probably let, let me share one. Uh, one one of those kind of things with you. When I was in when I was in year five, um, in a in a in a village school in a uh, in Nigeria, um, I mean one of the things that my teacher, uh, my year five teacher, spotted was that he felt that because I mean this young young man was young boy was quite intelligent, and so actually he could go from year five to year seven without necessarily going through year six, which is the end of primary primary school, uh, and so he spoke to my parents about you know buying a particular form for me for me to do an exam uh, and um, and my parents you know had, came to the meeting and responded well you know thank you very much and so on and so forth but actually 
that's not quite priority at the moment in terms of where finances need to go in the family. So let him just do year six, you know, like everyone else. Uh, and my teacher was so moved by the fact that, you know, this is the right thing to be doing, that he took out of his salary um, as a teacher in a village school and bought me that form. And actually that saw me going from year five to year seven. Now, as young as I was, that really didn't register with me. I kind of just got on with life. But much later, as I you know, started to do secondary school and go to uni, I reflected on that. And, and that's him doing something for me. He didn't really know who I was other than the fact that he was my teacher. But he was willing, actually, to spend money to help me, to help me you know, get on in life. And the really sad thing about this, Scott, is that I have tried, as I may, very, very hard to try and find this teacher you know, and so on. But I have not been able to do so, right? But making a difference in that way is one of the reasons why making a difference is incredibly important to me because being able to actually do something for someone uh, that makes a meaningful impact in their life. So that'll be the second Well, let's thing. hope they're listening to this podcast. Well, let's hope that so. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> to be able to make a connection with them off the back of this podcast. Um, <laughs> teachers, I mean, that's the thing about teachers, right? I mean, they... they uh, sometimes I think teachers can feel like they're not making a difference or making an impact. Mm. But but actually, beyond the teaching in the classroom, the, the kind of impact that they have on us as human yeah. beings is it's just is immense. Right? Mm. It's just immense. Yeah. And the third thing I'll talk about, right, is resilience, right? I think the ability to learn from mistakes or setbacks and keep moving forward, right? Uh, things happen. Uh, things always happen. And so, and, and it's not really what happens to you. It's how you respond to what happens to you. And so actually being resilient would probably be the third thing I would say is important, um, you know, for a role model. I think that's fantastic to hear some really good advice for people listening as well. And, you know, that point, I can just see how passionate you are about getting the message out there, especially kind of your first point about being authentic and being true to who you are. I think that's a really important one because it, it is quite hard to be acting through your career it's a long career to have it's important that you are your true self and hopefully you've picked a company that fits in well with you and your values that's the key thing and um in terms of i guess kind of thinking about how important it is to have black professionals or role models to actually look up to to really um focus on increasing visibility and diversity of thought how important do you think that is Oh, well, Charlotte, I think it's really important. Uh, I, I think it's really, really important. If we want to achieve the targets that we've set ourselves as a firm, uh, I think people like myself uh, will have to play uh, a, a part in helping to inspire the next generation. Uh, we have to talk constantly about what, you know, what's that of the possible, what is possible. We have to show the way. We have to paint a vision that excites other people uh, to sponsor others as well. Uh, part of that, of course, has to do with sharing our stories with others, uh, which would require us to be vulnerable, right? Because when you share your story, sometimes people can be guilty of only talking about, you know, the glossy bits. But actually, I think people can be inspired by both the glossy bits and the challenging bits because the challenging bits is actually what helps them recognize that even though this non-savory thing has happened, I can still move on and still achieve. So I think we've got to do that. We've got to talk about uh, those kind of things. Um, now, the thing that I will emphasize, Charlotte, though, is that it's not really a one-sided activity, right? I think, yes, there is, you know, people like myself doing that. But I think it's also important that as Black professionals, uh, we are willing to take advantage of opportunities and to not, you know, always accept a no as being the final answer or the final outcome. 
Um, sometimes, you know, when you mean no, when you go, when you meet no or you experience no when you go for an opportunity, uh, it actually just means not this time. It doesn't mean no forever, right? And I think when you've heard no so many times, sometimes people can fall into this trap of just thinking, well, that means no forever and not try again. I think it's important, you know, that sometimes when you hear no, you recognize it's just no for this time, go again go again and my concern is that sometimes as black professionals we're quick to accept no as being no forever whereas actually what we should be doing is we just say well i'm going to go again and it speaks to the resilience point i was making earlier being able to go again regardless of what you come up against absolutely like a common theme there that you think people should be hearing and listening to but absolutely some really fantastic advice there and it's having that positive attitude right no is not always a, a negative it's how you learn from that and move on. There's a lot of sayings that we use and we hear in films daily. You know, it doesn't matter how hard you get down, it's how quick you can get back up and move forward, et cetera, et cetera. And they're so true. And from the stories that you've shared with us today, Charles, they're prime examples of that. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for sharing those stories. Some of them really touching as well. Uh, your teacher in year five, uh, that's a really, really nice story. That, And I wish you all the best in trying to find out whoever that teacher was. Um, keep us posted if you do. We'd, we could maybe do another podcast to see how that conversation went. <laughs> you know, honestly, if uh, if that can be an outcome of this podcast, me finding him, that would be amazing. Uh, because it, it's something, it, it's an act of kindness that really ignited in me the the the, the ability to want to, or the, the, the desire to want to make a difference for other people. Um, it's just, I mean, the fact that he did that, and, and it wasn't, they weren't being paid a huge amount, I can tell you now. Obviously, being an adult now, I kind of reflected on what they earned then. And the fact that he took out of that to just do that for me, it was quite, it's quite amazing. And individuals like that, they probably become role models without even thinking about it. Looking back now, you, you know, wow, you cherish, you may not be where you are now without that opportunity or what happened then. So, yeah, that's a really, really great story. Um, so, so Charles, as you, as you may know, to, to end each, each episode, um, we like to ask our guest what advice they would offer a past version of themselves. So thinking back 10 years ago, what would you say to yourself? So, I mean, th there are two things I'll say to myself. Um, uh, definitely my younger self in terms of, you know, 10 years ago, you said, yeah, two things. I, I think firstly, it will be create more time to think. Right, because I can definitely tell you very early on in my career, thinking was the last thing I wanted to do. Kind of just wanted to keep going on. Um, uh, it was one of the things I didn't do much of earlier in my career. Right, I didn't create the space to think. Uh, and actually, when you think about it, you know, uh, in professional services as well as in you know many other sort of industries, we're incredibly busy people. Uh, and if we're not careful, we don't give ourselves enough time to think. Uh, or when we do, it's actually quite situational. You know, it's a question of how do I solve this client problem? You know, or how do I solve that team problem? Or how do I solve that problem with my spouse, uh, as an example? But then the question is, you're not thinking about you know, sort of things that are sort of medium and long term, right? You know, where do you want to be in three years, in five years, in 10 years? And what do you have to do now in order to get there? Um, this lack of thinking time, I have just certainly found that's a big inhibitor of performance, you know, generally, right? Uh, you really get to put out the best version of yourself when you do all your thinking in the moment, right? I mean, you might be able to do that once in a while, 
but actually you wouldn't be at your best all the time. I think if you create that airspace to think, it will make a massive difference. So I'll definitely be advising myself to do that, uh, to have fantastic uh, performance and fantastic interactions with others. You have to be at your best. And that can only happen when you when you do a, a huge amount of thinking and you give yourself time time to do that. So definitely, I would say do that. I have noticed that since I've been doing that, my interactions and my performance has escalated, right? So, so I would definitely advise myself of that. The second thing I would do is actually say to my younger self, enjoy where you are on the way to where you're going. I think sometimes we're in such a rush uh, to try and get to the next thing that we don't enjoy where we are now. And I certainly was that way very early on in my career. You know, let's go next thing and let's go to the next thing. We were talking earlier and I said to you, you know, uh, over my career with the firm, I've been to 34 different countries. And I will, and I must emphasize, right, when I say 34 different countries, I am not counting Northern Ireland and Scotland and Wales, because I know some people who do that and they, and they are countries, but then I'm not, I'm not counting them as individual countries in that sense, right? But, but one thing I will say is this, I didn't really take enough time to enjoy you know, when I went to these countries, right? You know, it was typically so airport, you know, uh, to the hotel, to the client site, you know, back to the hotel and then back to the airport at the end and then you go. And actually, if there had been a lot more time spent enjoying where I was and the way to where I was going, I would have a richer life and a richer experience for it. And that's not just with travel, it cuts across everything. So I'd be advising myself, just enjoy where you are, right? You've got a destination, but just enjoy the journey as well. Those would probably be the two things, Scott. Um, that I'll be advising myself. Excellent. No, brilliant. Thank you for sharing that, Charles. And I think it's quite easy for, for people to get um, busy amongst the weeds instead of taking a step back and looking in what is actually happening there and then in a moment. Um, I'm, 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 I think we're all guilty of it at times, um, but it's having that personal awareness and maybe accountability to be able to do that and say, no, I need to take a step back, think about what's going on and, and you know, try and create a positive from, from the outcome. But um, Charles, thank you so much for sharing those stories. Brilliant. Thank you. Charles, thanks so much for joining us today. I know the listeners will be really appreciative of all the amazing advice you've given and really talking about the importance of role models in the business. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you're interested in a career at PwC, don't forget to head over to our website, pwc.co.uk forward slash careers. Thanks again for listening and take care.